This is On The Story. I'm News 10 ABC's Trishna Begum. Every night, I get to tell people stories, but there's always more. I wish I could fit into every piece. That's where this podcast comes in. Each week, we'll dive into a topic with the newsmakers, experts, and the people who can tell the story the best. Hi folks, happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is. I hope you're having a good week. We are on episode 19. This one is about the hot pepper challenge. This may sound familiar if you listened to last week's episode with Cassie Hudson. Now, if you listened, you might remember the first thing we ended up talking about was the hot habanero pepper that she had just bit into. She was at a Capital Roots event doing the hot pepper challenge. It kicked off about two weeks ago and it has just blown up, at least locally, on a lot of social media accounts. A lot of people have taken the challenge and people are continuing to do so. It's fun. It's funny to watch the videos and of course it's for a good cause. So this week's episode is all about Capital Roots and their hot pepper challenge. Capital Roots, if you don't know, makes fresh food accessible in neighborhoods that don't have easy access to it. It's a topic we've chatted about before, and this week it just happened to be that this hot pepper challenge was making the rounds on social media, so I wanted to talk to Amy Klein from Capital Roots. She talks all about what they've been up to, how this hot pepper challenge came to be, and some of the issues that they have noticed in neighborhoods that lack access to fresh food. So we're going to talk all about that. I hope you enjoy this episode. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do with Capital Roots. Okay. Uh, My name is Amy Klein and I'm Chief Executive Officer at Capital Roots. And I've been with the organization, it'll be 25 years in December. (laughs) Been with the organization uh, for uh, more than half of its existence. Uh, the organization is 46 years old this year. Um, and uh, since I've uh, joined, uh, we've seen a lot of growth and uh, a lot of expansion, both geographically and programmatically. It's really been a great opportunity to work in community with community and alongside tremendous volunteers and um, partners. What is it that Capital Roots does? Capital Roots makes fresh, healthy food uh, accessible and affordable in neighborhoods that don't have easy access to it. And we started doing this um, originally through our community gardens program in uh, 1975 when we were formed as a nonprofit. And our community garden program is still a big piece of what we do as an organization. We have 55 community gardens in the four counties that we operate. And these are places where people can grow their own food. We provide all the tools that people need, um, all the resources, seeds, tools, education, land, water, everything but the hard work of growing your own food. And um, we had been doing that for probably about 20 years when, um, and, and building more and more gardens, we continue to build uh, new gardens and, and about 4,000 people are growing their own food in our community gardens around the capital region. But we realized um, about 20 years ago that even if we could build a community garden on every corner, it wasn't gonna solve a problem that we were seeing happening, which was supermarkets were leaving 
neighborhoods that we worked in. And uh, we knew from working with our community gardeners that um, people really wanted access to fresh quality food and were willing to work hard to get it, but they couldn't access it um, because there weren't markets available. And so we wanted to think about creative ways to provide that access. And we began to develop a series of programs in addition to our community gardens so that people could access in a dignified way, quality food, uh, using their benefit programs, using their uh, disposable income in their communities, uh, quality food. And um, that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years, um, developing our Veggie Mobile, uh, which it was the first mobile produce market in the country. Oh. And it serves as a model um, for the rest of the country. There are many uh, mobile produce markets now around the country uh, that modeled after the Veggie Mobile, and we have two of them now. And they go to neighborhoods that don't have easy access and sell produce for about half the cost of what you could buy it for if you had a grocery. So it goes right into the neighborhood on a regularly set schedule, uh, top quality produce. Uh, because we believe everybody should have, you know, no matter where you live, no matter what your circumstance, you, be, you should be able to buy top quality food uh, at an affordable price and to be able to use your benefits um, to do that. Where, where is that produce coming from? Are you partnering with a lot of local farms? Um, where is the money coming from and the food as well? Yeah, we partner with a tremendous number of local farms. Um, our service uh, region the, that we you know, provide service to is four counties, Albany, Rensselaer, Schenectady, and Saratoga counties. But our farm footprint is actually 11 counties. And what that means is we're buying from farms and um, food producers in the 11 county region. So up in Warren, Washington County, out in Schoharie, uh, down to green um, and further down oftentimes. So it, it's a pretty wide swath and we buy from between 75 and 80 different uh, food producers and farmers in our region, which helps infuse quite a bit of money into the regional farm economy and ensures that people are getting really top quality food, you know, fresh picked. Um, and, um, you know, for us being able to support uh, local small farms is very important to our mission also. Yeah, you don't often think about that, but those small farms um, obviously also benefit from from what you guys are doing. Um, so it all, you know, comes back around really quick on the farms with all of the rain that we've been getting. Have the farmers that you guys work with, have they said anything about how this is affecting their crop? Yeah, many of our farmers are, you know, further struggling because of the weather. Um, you know, farmers have a tough life. They um, are so uh, dependent on Mother Nature in, in all the ways, and um, their crops are, are dependent and their livelihoods are dependent on, you know, rain in a good way and in a bad way. You know, if it doesn't rain enough or it rains too much, as been the case this year, you know, there are farms that have been flooded out, um, that are, have lost infrastructure because of um, the flooding. Um, crops are definitely taking a beating, you know, certain crops um, really can't withstand this much rain. Um, 
but uh, you know we're we're still seeing a lot of great food coming in, and uh, so that's a testament to the strength of our our local farmers. Yeah, and hopefully we get some dry weather here soon. We'll yes. you know, patience. <laughs> Um, so I have heard of Capital Roots. Uh, we've done stories with you guys. Uh, they've run on the air. But this past week, you guys were all over social media with this hot pepper challenge. And it's funny because the last podcast I did with, with Cassie Hudson, who was at your event last week, and right before interviewing her for, for another topic, I saw her video and I was like, what were you thinking? So it's gotten a tremendous reach on social media. You've gotten a lot of people to take it. Tell us about who, first of all, tell us about what the hot pepper challenge is and also who came up with this brilliant idea because it, it was fantastic because it got a lot of people talking. Yeah, well, first I'm gonna give the credit uh, for who came up with this brilliant idea. It was our marketing coordinator, Mike De- Mike uh, he pitched the idea and, um, you know, it was a great idea. Um, and really the, the, the concept is to help raise awareness for um, both the importance of fresh food and access to fresh food and also um, the importance of our regional farms and the work that they do. Um, you know, I, I think many of us appreciate good quality food. Um, but we don't always think about the impact um, of these small farms. And, you know, the pandemic really brought home uh, for a lot of people. It raised the awareness for the first time about both sides of that issue. You know, that not everyone um, has the uh, benefit and the opportunity to eat really good food. And um, also that most of our food, unfortunately, comes from a, an international or national supply chain. And, you know, when that happens and the supply chain is interrupted, as it was during the pandemic, that really puts us all in a very difficult position. Um, and yet we sit here in the capital region in some of the richest farm country uh, with so many farmers, so many producers, working hard to provide food. And so we're blessed with that and we should appreciate and um, take advantage of that and support those farms. And so the idea of the hot pepper challenge really is to raise awareness on both of those issues, the importance of our regional farms and supporting them and the importance of fresh food access and what that really means. Um, Not a hand out, but a hand up and giving people the opportunity to, uh, in a dignified way, be able to access top quality food. Yeah, it's one of those things where a lot of, I feel like causes or movements these days can be so dividing depending on, you know, what topic you're talking about. But this seems like a cause that really everybody wins at the end of the day. People are getting fresh food, which in turn makes them healthy live longer, better quality of life, and you're supporting local farms, a local organization. It is just, it seems like a great cause all around. And kudos to Mike for for coming up with the brilliant, brilliant campaign. Absolutely. Uh, Tremendous effort. And, you know, people are really, um, you know, uh, catching the the heat, uh, jumping into this hot pepper challenge 
We've had people participating, not just here in the capital region, um, but it's really starting to spread around the country, which is really exciting. We've had people in California, Arizona, Maine, Illinois participating. And, you know, our, our hope was that this would really spread. Um, and, you know, raising awareness was really um, our main goal. Um, but then Stewart Shops offered this challenge um, to help us raise money. And, you know, they are matching up to $10,000 of donations. And so now we have a great opportunity also to raise potentially $20,000 for the work that we do, which is really fantastic. Do you, I'm sure you guys are still continuing to tally the numbers up, but any, can you give us an estimate as to how much money has been raised so far or anything like that? Um, I would say, uh, you know, it's been a few thousand uh, so far. But, you know, that this rolling effect that is happening is really, um, you can see it every day happening. So, you know, one person that does the challenge and names two people, they name two people and they name two people. And so for each person who participates, that could be $1,000 um, when you think about it that way. And and one of the important things is I've had a couple of people say, I'm waiting to be nominated. Don't wait to be nominated. Just do it. <laughs> do it and then tag two people, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, I definitely want people to understand that they don't need to be nominated. They can just start their own string and, um, you know, launch their hot pepper challenge and um, put it out there. The great thing was, so Cassie got it started for a bunch of us at News 10. She tagged yeah. two people on the morning show and then they in turn tagged a bunch of us. So it's, it's been trickling down, but the best part is, I mean, you can eat any pepper from a bell pepper to a habanero. Um, and it's just great to see some of these videos cause they're hilarious. It's just for such a great cause, but the reactions when people bite into these peppers are worth watching the video and it, it makes people want to get involved. Yeah, some of the videos are really fantastic. They're all fantastic, but, um, you know, we uh, had a former employee who lives out in Illinois now, and uh, she just posted one with her little boy out in their garden. And, uh, you know, it was just adorable. There's just, there's so many ways that you can do it. And, uh, you know, we caution people don't don't eat pepper that's too hot for you because we don't want anybody feeling sick or getting sick. Milk um, is key. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, there comes in Stewart's because they have great milk. And so we yes. definitely want to plug that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just the fun of participating and uh, continuing uh, to pass it along. Exactly. It, it is. It really is a fun challenge that everybody can get involved in. And you don't have to like spicy food because a, a bell pepper was in that basket that, um, you know, you guys kicked off the event with. So if yep. you're not a fan of spicy food, you can do like a sweet pepper or a bell pepper, uh, which doesn't have a lot of spice. Exactly. You know, I myself can't tolerate spicy food. And so I went I went on the mild side. I um, I did it last week and I did a habanero and I'm okay with spicy food, but I was, I guess I just wasn't ready when I bit into <laughs> like the whole half of it. And it like, I got coughing and the hiccups. Um, yeah. Rob oh, habanero. I saw your video. It was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Actually, 
you're you're uh, the folks at um, Ten have really done some great videos. We're we're enjo enjoying watching them. Yes, Mary, Ryan, Rob got involved. I tagged Lydia. I'm still waiting for her video, so hopefully she does one soon. Um, I, I want to ask you about yourself as well. How did you get involved in this cause in Capital Roots specifically, and and why, you know, how did that become important to you? Well, you know, I my whole career has been spent working for nonprofit organizations. Um, I've worked for environmental organizations uh, first at the national level, and then I moved here to the capital region and worked at the statewide level. And when this job presented itself, it was the first time that I would be working at the grassroots level, um, really interacting with people and, um, you know, not doing sort of policy work and something, you know, from a, a higher uh, level. And the organization, when I started here almost 25 years ago, it was just one other staff person and myself. We had a very small budget, $66,000. And... Uh, and it was a community gardening organization. That is what we did. And I, I love to garden. I was raised gardening. And, and I looked at this organization and I thought, I, I think there, there could be a lot here. Like we could do a lot. And, um, and I love a challenge. And so, you know, I jumped on board and it's just been an amazing ride. And, um, you know, there's just so much more that we can and will be doing. Uh, the creativity um, is here. And I think that's one of the things that really is unique about Capital Roots is, is we really take those creative juices and um, we bring these ideas forth uh, to the community and try to really think outside the box to come up with creative solutions. Yeah, I feel like I've heard more about Capital Roots within this past year i mean maybe that's a product of the pandemic and you guys really stepping in to help out with some community efforts um but clearly it's an organization that's been growing and i imagine it'll grow even more to bring it back to kind of what you were starting to talk about um at the top of this interview that access to food equal access where um everybody benefits from this what is the next step in terms of um, closing that gap so everybody has access to food that they need? Yeah, so, you know, um, our focus um, in terms of fresh food access, we one of the things that we really have tried to do and, and we focus on is providing what we call many doors to walk through. You know, we, we don't think that you can just provide a solution and say, okay, here here is the way you get access to fresh food and, and you're all set. So we keep trying to come up with different ways so that, you know, today it might be the Vegemobile, the Vegemobile stop might work well for you, but tomorrow or next week, maybe you miss the Vegemobile. And so, you know, what else can we provide? What are the other ways? Or, you know, maybe you went to the Vegemobile, but you want to make a salad and and you ran out of, you know, your salad things. So um, we, uh, the other program that we have that we actually, this is the 10th anniversary um, of this program is our Healthy Stores program. Mm -hmm. And I think um, this is an area where we're really going to be expanding uh, on our work because it's, it's all about providing uh, retail access in very small spaces, you know, places people shop every day in their corner markets, 
and creating these corner these opportunities in corner markets that are more conducive to people accessing quality food. Um, but, you know, sort of going back to the old ways, um, you know, when people used to use corner markets to really do, before there were supermarkets, you know, before we ever had these superstores. And so that's really something that we're uh, looking to focus even more on. How can we really infiltrate our communities um, by supporting these uh, small stores. That's interesting that you brought that up because I was kind of going to ask you something along the same lines of the supermarkets are great. Big stores are great because you do get introduced to new flavors and new things and new products. And, and it's wonderful that we sort of have that economy of, of, um, of products to choose from. But if the pandemic showed us anything, it's that we need, you know, when things shut down, we can't wait for a truck that's coming from California all the way to upstate New York. So we do have to depend on our local farmers and our local stores and see what they have in stock. Um, do you feel like we're kind of also going toward that avenue, like more local, 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 and where, you know, it, whether it's the, the farmer's market or the corner store um, so that more people have access to, to food? I mean, uh, you know, we've always um, tried to look at how we can bring these opportunities into the neighborhoods that we're serving that don't have these the supermarkets, because the reality is supermarkets are not coming back to the neighborhoods that we serve, you know, the low income um, urban areas. They left them for a reason. They left a long time ago and they're not coming back. And as much as we all would love that. Um, so how do we provide those resources? How do we give people the opportunity to access good quality food in their neighborhoods when that reality is presented? And so, you know, we really think that there's a great opportunity, a tremendous opportunity with existing infrastructure and that existing infrastructure are these small corner stores. And so how can we you know, work with these stores, which we already do through our Healthy Stores program, but take it up a notch so that they have all the resources that they need and incentives that they need to be able to really provide for the communities that they're in. What can folks do if they want to get involved? Where should they start? Um, well, I mean, in terms of Capital Roots, one of the things that we're actively doing is looking for more small stores to work with, corner stores. So if you are in a neighborhood, um, in an urban space, uh, in any of the cities in the capital region, uh, not just Albany, Troy, Schenectady, but, you know, Rensselaer, Manans, Green Island, uh, Mechanicville, you know, wherever it is, and you have a corner store that you know about that you think would be a good store for our Healthy Stores program, please let us know. We wow. want to check it out and we want to talk to the owner um, because the more of these stores that we can fit up for fresh produce and good quality food, the better it's going to be for everyone in the neighborhood. So that's the first thing I would say. And mm -hmm. no knows neighborhoods better than the people who are living there and where they shop and, and, you know, what, what's good and what's not good in terms True. of, you know, these markets. Um, we're always looking for volunteers too. And we have lots of ways that people can help out, uh, ride along in the veggie mobile, uh, get involved in other community activities. Um, 
So there, there are lots of ways that people can, you know, um, support and, and be involved in, in helping the efforts. Absolutely. Um, anything else that you would like to add? We just, you know, want to keep pushing the hot pepper challenge. We want to get more people involved and, uh, you know, want to make sure that people know they don't need to be nominated. Start a hot pepper train. Did you do the hot pepper challenge? I did. Which pepper <laughs> did you pick? I did a banana pepper because I can't take the heat. Hey, you still did it. So that's what yep. counts, right? Yep. yep. All right, Amy. Great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You too. So there you have it. If you want to do the hot pepper challenge, what are you waiting for? You don't have to be tagged. Just do it and then tag two more people and keep it going. And all you really have to do to participate is donate, eat a pepper. Don't forget to hit record. And it doesn't have to be a spicy pepper, I know, but it makes for a way funnier video if it is. And if you want to watch the videos that some of the News 10 folks did burning their taste buds, well, you'll find them all in the show notes. I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks so much for listening.